This is Real Life with Kevin West. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, and then we're going to be all over the Bible here for a little bit today. Y'all ready? Keep in in prayer for continue to pray for Israel and all the surrounding nations because it's getting crazy and wild out there. It's also getting crazy and wild over here. And it's going to continue to get crazy and wild. So know that. Uh, Mike had a, a word that um, before, right before or during worship and he came to him and he said he had this impression that the, the, there was darkness and the enemy was bringing, you know, like an attack or uh, uh, all from the behind, from the back. And he said he could see the enemy coming coming up from behind. And he said, and all of a sudden, the Lord, uh, he saw him come with a sword and just pierce the darkness um, of the enemy. And it just dissipated. And then he took the sword and he stuck it between where the enemy was and the, the people. That it was a barrier that the enemy couldn't get past that sword. So you somebody need to be encouraged today. That if you're feeling attacked from the behind or the back or the rear or the, my God, you just feel like you're surrounded by it, then know that the Lord has got your back. And even in the back of the back, He knows how to dissipate and unarm that attack that come out of come at you. Amen. When I say that, as I say, is that you get the world front is getting crazier, uh, and uh, but don't forget, it's you know the Lord's got a plan here, and He's working this out, and. Um, I'm encouraged in one respect is that I'm seeing, um, and maybe you guys are too, I hope you are, are you guys seeing or sensing there just this anticipation of something the Lord is doing or going to do in your life or around you? I'm seeing people that were not hungry for years are all of a sudden developing this incredible appetite for God. I'm seeing people that were lulled for years and maybe even decades and all of a sudden you start seeing where did you come from and they come back in and aren't you glad the Lord will restore the years that you lost or you were stolen from you? And I'm seeing people now that have been gone for 10 or 15 years and all of a sudden they're coming back in the kingdom and I'm watching them and I, I think wow and they, it's almost like they didn't miss a beat and the Lord knows how to do that right? He knows how to make up for lost time. So just be encouraged that while Israel and all the nations of the world are shaken at the very core and the foundation, um, the Lord is in the middle of all of this. So um, w wicked men do wicked things. Evil does evil. But godly people do godly things. And um, evil is going to get er eradicated. How do I know that? Is evil is, is sin and it was on the cross and Jesus eradicated it from the cross, on the cross. Right? you got to believe that. He said, well, I still see sin all around. Well, you're going to be a generation of people that's going to be able to see what we've been praying for. I was just thinking about J.J., uh, Bradley's nephew, played, played football for Marshall. He was the one that was on the game Thursday night. They got a hit. He got knocked out in a one hit in a play uh, earlier in the game. He was out for one play and he came back in. And obviously I think that did something you know, during that time. And then later on in the game, he took a real solid hit and got knocked out and was you know, paralyzed there for a while. And there was no movement in any of his arms or legs or anything. And he just knocked out. Brought the stretcher out. And I mean, I never have seen so many people in all my life praying 
across this city, across this country. It was on national televised on ESPN, and even announcers were pray, you know, talking about prayer. And, and uh, he goes to the emergency room, and somebody prayed for him there. And um, next thing you know, it, there's nothing. All the MRIs come back good. And he's going to be on he's concussion protocol, I think, right? And um, now he's going to be okay. And that could have been a heck of a lot worse. Do you know what I'm saying? And um, so we're thankful that people are leaning in to prayer. Uh, the world is looking for it. And I think we're going to be a generation of people who are going to see and, and see and experience really what we've been praying for. It's the song says standing. We were standing on the promises. But there's got to be a time when we're actually experiencing a little bit of this because uh, he's come to fruition the things that God is doing and the things that we believe. Uh, you know, we're so used to living and experiencing disappointment um, and discouragement and we try to explain it away to the point where we, have, we, we can't explain it anymore. But I think the tide is turning. The, the tipping point has happened and it's, the, it's like the scales have you know, moved to the other direction and the pendulum is moving in, in the favor of the people of God. And I think you're going to see some things incredibly start happening in the lives of people. To everything, there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, there's a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to pluck what is planted. A time to kill, and a time to heal. And a time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. And a time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and a time to lose, and a time to keep and a time to, to keep to throw away. A time to tear or to, yeah, to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit has the worker from that which he labors? I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful, look at this, in his time. Also, he has put eternity, the spirit, heaven, eternity, in your hearts. Except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to the end. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is a gift of God. When the children of Israel were in Egypt for 430 years, they learned to live in this place of managed pressure. After they came out of the children of Israel, came out of Egypt and they broke free from crossing the Red Sea, they come into the promised land or come into the wilderness headed towards the promised land. Moses started giving them lots of promises. Hey, this is what God would like for you to, to experience. This is, there's a place over here that flows with milk and honey. It's full of peace. It's full of joy. It's full of the wonderful things of God. The problem was when they got in the middle of this journey, they didn't experience any of that. They were experiencing lots of disappointments frustrations, aggravations, heartache. They saw things they didn't want to see. In the middle of all of that, they were still seeing their shoes never wearing out. They were still having manna come from heaven. They couldn't, there was a conflict because the beautiful things that God was doing in that time was overshadowed by the lack of movement and forward progress of going into a place that Moses had promised them. There's nothing worse 
than having a promise and never experiencing it. There's nothing worse than something being right in front of you, like a carrot hanging out in front of your nose, and you're going, oh my God, and you keep going after it and going after it, and as soon as you feel like you get it, somebody moves back a little further. Well, that's frustrating. It's really, it just keeps kicking the can, I call it kicking the can down the road. You feel like you're moving the goalposts. All these different things that we go through, and it's experiencing these guys out here in this wilderness going, I don't even like this. They experienced this. This was a, a way Israel experienced a lot in their life. The times that we're talking about in Psalm 85, which we're moving into the New Testament this week and next week, we'll be moving into that all the way up to Thanksgiving. And I'll, I'll be bringing Christ in a real fresh way, I believe. Today I'm going to make this transition for us. But in Psalm 85, when the children of Israel had just come out of the Babylonian captivity, you guys know the story. As they came out of this captivity, they were in a place where they had to rebuild. They had to have a whole new frame of reference because before 70 years, two generations in a, in a row had learned to live underneath the Babylonian empire and a Babylonian captivity. So they, they learned, it was almost like living in Egypt again. Here we are, hearing all these promises, but never experiencing them. And the frustrating part for everybody was, I don't know what I like about this because they're going, I don't even know, don't even tell me what's available if I can't really get it. You know, don't tell me healing is for today if healing doesn't happen. If I have to be disappointed a lot. Don't tell me prosperity. Don't tell me joy is for today and peace is for today. And don't tell me all those things for today. It's easier for me just to roll up my sleeves and just bear and grin and fight through it the best that I can. So they learned in that Babylonian captivity, in that empire, to be under the processes of, and the government and the control of all of Nebuchadnezzar and his kingdom. When it was time to come out, it took a different type of leadership, Nehemiah, Ezra, Haggai. It took prophets and, and, and leaders to come out and say, listen, I know you've got to come out. The time has changed. The time for us to be in bondage was 70 years. God said enough is enough. It was a time then, like Ecclesiastes says, a time to, to kill and a time to live, a time to plant and a time to root out, a time to reap and a time to, to, to sow. You've got to know what season that you're in. You got to know. And we, we, we've been in a season for the last several decades in America and the world of, of decay, cultural decay, decay, evil running rampant and wild. What used to be black and white and what used to be obvious to the natural mind is not natural and obvious anymore. What used to be clear over here is, is now vague over here. There are no absolutes. And people are just been doing what's right in their own eyes for years. And the church has made an attempt over the last couple of decades to try to make a, a sweep of revival to gather the harvest in and bring them into the kingdom and say, hey guys, we've got to get you guys back in here. We gotta, and the way we've done it in the past is we have to preach against sin so hard and we'll preach hellfire and brimstone. And if you, if you, I could do it right now. I could split hell wide open with you and I could have this altar full. The challenge is it, I have to preach it again next week for you. If you don't get a hold of the, the Christ in you, if you don't get a hold of the good news, and all you know is emotional fear that's going to try to motivate you, i got to motivate you every week with fear. Fear can be a motivator, but it is not going to be a sustainer. Are you with me? So it takes a different type of leadership and a different type of person that realizes and a message from the body of Christ that recognizes the season and times that we're in. 
What season and time are we in right now? I can tell you. We're coming, you may not know it, we're coming out of Babylonian captivity. We're coming, this country is coming, it doesn't look like it. But the wars that are going on all across the country are indicators that there's a rumbling from the bottom up. The ground is shaking under the feet of the entire population of the world. When you begin to see those things, the Bible says, I know what we're saying, Jesus is coming back. I'm telling you, the end is not yet. It's the time for the kingdom and the message of Christ to be penetrated in the hearts of the people. It's not a time to preach, a, preach sin. It's a time to preach Christ. When I preach Christ, I preach sin against sin. Are you with me? Because you can't have them both. The they can't occupy the same space. So when you begin to recognize God is doing something across the world, and he's shaking it from the foundation up. Good versus evil. And I got news for you. I, I'm an Israel. I pro, we are pro-Israel. We'd, we'd, we'd hang the flag here. We had it posted up here on the, the thing. But if Israel needs to accept the Messiah, whether they're Muslim, whether they're Jew, Jesus is the only way. Are, are we okay with that? We got to be okay with that because if we, we believe it, but we also have a scripture in the Bible that says that all of Israel will be saved. Didn't say some of them, just the good ones. It says all. Now you got to. Well, I can break that down homiletically to you and show you how that. It says all, and I looked it up in the Greek. If you look up the word all in Greek, it means all. <laughs> it does. So we got to figure this out. So we got a scripture that says one thing, and we're trying to figure out something different. Then if all of Israel can be saved, or will be saved. I got news for you. I got a good. I got a message for you. It's for you too. It's for you. The message is not to get you just saved. The message is to get you in the kingdom while you're here in a life on this earth. Right? Are we okay with this? So I, I, I feel like there's a trumpet being blown. Call it Gabriel if you want to. I believe the dead in Christ are rising. Oh, you didn't hear it that way, did you? Y'all looking for that. You're looking for the trampoline. I'm, I'm looking for the spring up in your life. The well of living water springing up in... That'll, that'll happen one day. And if I drive by the cemetery and they're, and they're, they're going, I'm right behind them. That's what it says. Right? But it also says those that are dead in Christ shall rise first and those that shall remain shall be caught up. That means the dead in Christ, and if you're in Christ, you're dead in Him, alive in Him through baptism. Those that remain go get caught up too. <laughs> I'll preach back here. Those that remain... <laughs> Y'all don't like this because it blows our theology. Why? Because we're over here in captivity and the motivation by fear, is, 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 it feels good to us. I can scare the hell out of you. Right? But I can't scare, scare you out of hell. We're going somewhere. 
Why? Because the times that we're in, somebody has to discern the times that we're in, the seasons that we're in, and what the sons of Issachar. And what Israel, the people of God, the kingdom of God, the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, should do in this season. We're not in the season we were 20 years ago. So to, to, to repeat the message and put it on repeat of we're going to hellfire and brimstone, you're going to split hell wide open, it will work for a short time. But it is not the message of the day. It's not the, the message of the day is the kingdom and to call you out from complacency, concern, worry, past failures, messes that you created for yourself, ugly lives that you're living, displacement, going, what in the world is happening to me? I'm spinning out of control. One day I'm up, the next day, the roller coaster. I'm calling you out. The message is this. Turn to John chapter 16, verse 1. These things I have spoken to you, this is John, that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whatever, whoever kills you will think that he's offering God service. See, they're thinking they're doing God a service. They're killing the disciples. They're, they're killing Israel. And I know we're looking at this going, these Arabs, man, they're nuts. They're crazy. Yes, all that is true. But they believe in their heart. They're blinded. Man, they're passionate. The people that are protesting against Israel are passionate. Right? People that are Christian people that are, that are protesting against the sinful lifestyles of people are passionate too. But the people that are living on some of these sinful lifestyles are passionate as some of these Christian people. So how are we going to, we got to, we're going to stand off. We're to stalemate. We got to let God knock the foundations around, but we got to be prepared to have the message when the rocks start quit falling. Why? Because they're coming out. Nehemiah says, I'm building a wall. Ezra said, we're going to build a foundation. We're going to build a place, a foundation for them to stand upon, a wall to build. And then Nehemiah says this way, and the enemy came to Nehemiah trying to pull him out. Pull, he come down from there. Who do, you think you, who do you think you are building that wall? And Nehemiah says, listen, we just came out of 70 years of mess. We ain't going back. And Nehemiah finally looked at the, the enemy when, the, when Sanballat came to him and all the enemy came to him and said, come down from here. We want you to explain to us who do you think you are and why do you think you're up there doing what you're doing? Nehemiah says, he started to come down and then he caught himself and he said, I ain't coming down. I don't have time to explain myself to you because if I come down to explain myself to you, I stop the building. That's right. I don't have... We as believers don't have time to get caught up in the conflict of something you can't change. That's right. That's right. Stay on your wall. And in chapter 6 of Nehemiah, they had a trowel in one hand, right? A sword in another. They were praying in one day and working in... You, you can run through your house and worship all day long, but you better do your dishes. You can fast all day long, wipe your face and everything else. That's wonderful, but you better get up and go to work. If a dirty diaper's in the dirty diaper's business and she's dirty diapering, I don't care if Israel Holton's singing on, or Stephanie's got the whole band playing. We're playing, somebody got a dirty diaper, need to be changed. Sing and change. Right? Get up and do a twirl, but get the dirty diaper in the diaper genie. Do what you got. Now, I'm saying all that to say this is because we got to be a balanced people. But one is as strong as the other. Amen. We've got to pursue with everything within us. That's right. 
We've got to move forward. And you're going, man, my body just don't work like it used to. If you have to crawl, crawl. Keep moving. Oh, man, I just, I, just, I just don't feel like... Nobody cares that you feel like you feel. No, no, i got to get that t-shirt. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. you got to get up out of your... Come on. we got to, we got to go. Are, are you following me? You got to, we got to go. Why do we got to go? Because the times we're in, the door is open. we got to move. Skip to verse 8. And when he has come... He will convince. Go back to verse 7. I'm sorry. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away. Now, this is Jesus telling the disciples that he has to go away. The church today is begging him to hurry and come back and fix this thing. It's not his message. You can't ask. You can't pray something that Jesus is telling you something different. What's he saying? I, I, I got to go away. It's... it's not only do I have to go away, it's to your benefit. How could it be better that I go away and you stay here? For if I do not go away, the Helper, the Comforter, the Spirit will not come into you. But if I depart, I, Christ Himself, will send Him to you. And when He comes, He will convict the world of sin. Who's, who convicts the world of sin? The Holy Spirit. Amen. Not the pastor. Amen. Not the wife. Not the husband. Not the Sunday school teacher. Not the neighbor next door that's self-righteous. Who convicts the world of sin? The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God convicts the world. Convicts the, what's this? And He will convict the world of sin. And of woe. He will convict them of sin so they will know they are now righteous. It's a trade. I give you your sinner and now I give you righteous and I take your sin. Who does that? The Holy Spirit. Not some carnal, upset preacher because he sees the world in decay. Not some high and mighty theologian, the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is necessary to come to be the helper, the comforter, and the, the convictor of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, and judgment is for you, not against you. When he, if He is the one, don't you think the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost as we grew up with, the Holy Spirit, don't you think that is something, He is something that we should be entertaining more in our midst today? Because what's happening is our, our carnal mind is putting pressure on people to live a good life absent of the one that can make them live a good life. Let's keep going. And of sin because they do not believe... Now, wait a minute. Convict the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment of sin, because they do not believe... There, he did not list a long list of sins in the Ten Commandments. There is one sin that the Holy Spirit convicts people on. Unbelief. A lot of times as Christians get full of ourselves and pride and we point out the flaws of everybody else because the sin is, is, is easier to point out. But self-righteousness and pride is this in the same category. Are you, are you following me? It's easy for us that have most of the fleshly sins under control 
to miss the sins of the, of the heart of pride because they do not believe on me. Next, next verse. Of righteousness, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world look at this, will be judged? It says it all. Jesus says, I have to go. So the comfort of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, I will send him into you. He will convict you of all your unbelief. He will testify to you that you are righteous. And he will judge you of sin, of anything that causes you to fall in unbelief. And he's going to remind you, the ruler of this world has been judged. The devil doesn't have another defeat coming. He has already been defeated on the cross. No more than Jesus has another thing to do before he has all victory. Either he's all king now or he's not king. Either he's all Lord or he's not Lord. And the message we've got to communicate to the people today is sin has been dealt with. Your enemy has been defeated. Babylonian captivity, religious captivity, worldly captivity is over here. It's gone. It's over with. It's done. I need you to step out of that mindset that has you still in that valley. Come up out of Babylon, over into the religious world, and say, uh, that's not for me. I, I'm going to occupy here and live here. But the reality of it is, I'm moving forward and past. I'm entering to a realm of the Spirit, by that Spirit, that's going to take me to places I've never, never even known existed. Yeah. And all of a sudden, God begins to to show you things in your life revealing Christ to you that you've never seen before let's keep going I still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now however when he who the spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth I looked up all again it's the same word with all of Israel he will guide you into some truth a portion of truth your truth? No. All truth. Complete truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. He will let you, you're not going to be boxed in. He's going to guide you, lead you, bring you to a place of your life where you can begin to hear his voice, know he is locked up in there on guiding you, and he's going to start, begin to direct your life, and you'll begin to see things to come in your life, anticipate things in your life. You don't have to stay here in the blind. It's necessary I go away, because as long as I'm here, Jesus is saying, i got to be in every city in, 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 in Israel. But when he comes... He's everywhere convicting the world that they're not sin anymore. They're in righteousness. Why? Because the, the prince of this world has been judged. And because he's been judged, sin is not held against mankind any longer. So the message is not come, come, come. come. The message is get out here. Why? I'm not getting something off of you. I'm trying to get something in you. And when you get him in you, he guides you into all truth and will show you and tell you things to come in your life. Next verse, please. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine 
and declare it to you. Now here's where it gets good. All things that the Father has are mine. This is Jesus saying, Therefore I said that he will take of mine and, get, and declare it to you. Wait a minute. My father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Jesus says, all the father has, he's given to me, or mine. And now my father's going to declare it all to you. Well, it's easier to say, God owns a th cattle on a thousand hills. It's even acceptable to say, well, Jesus owns a cattle on a thousand hills. But I, I got to come out of here to get over to here. See, over here I can say, God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. I can even lean into this and say, Jesus owns a cattle on a thousand hills. But I can't stay over here and say, I own a cattle on a thousand hills. Well, i got to come over here. I can't stay over there like that. See, it's easy to stay in religion and put it all to God. But when God starts dispersing this all to you, you can't stay in religion. You can't stay in captivity. You can't stay in the world system. You've got to come over here and go, oh my God, this responsibility that comes with all really comes with all. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? I will declare it unto you. A little, in a little while, and you will not see me. And again, in a little while, and you will see me, because I go to the Father. Now, stop right there. Is he talking about, he's talking about when the Holy Spirit comes. Right? This is the whole passage of the Scripture in John chapter 16. It's not when he comes back and catches the church up, and we're all waiting for him to come back and say, God, this is it, you're going to see me again. They saw him again. They saw him after he resurrected for 40 days. He, 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 he unveiled himself and showed them infallible proofs of who he was and showed and demonstrated them the kingdom. For 40 days, he showed him. What he's telling him is, I'm going away, but you're going to see me again. Now watch what he says. Go back real quick. You will not see it again in a little while. You will see me because I go to the Father. Then some of his disciples said amongst themselves, what in the world is he saying to us? A little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while you will see me. And because I go to my... They're just... You've done it. I've done it. Lord, my life's a wreck. I have no idea how to fix this thing. But you said, and I don't know what that means. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you again what that means. What, what does that mean, Lord? And you're asking him back. Now watch what the Lord does back to him. Back to the stuff. They, therefore, they said, therefore, what is this that he says in a little while? We don't even know what you're talking about, Lord. Now, Jesus knew that they were desired to ask him. They didn't even ask him. They're talking amongst themselves. They got counseling. Not against counseling. But don't go to counseling if you're not going to go to him too. And he said to them, Are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said in a little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me? Most assuredly, I say to you, that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she's in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish. For joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you have now sorrow, but I will see you again. And your heart will rejoice. And your joy, listen to this, when you get the Spirit, you get joy. And nobody can take it away from you. Amen. 
you, when, when, when he comes into you and you have him, man, external things are real. Problems are real. Uh, the, the world's going crazy. It hurts sometimes. You get disappointment, discouraged. But something on the inside of me says, I got a promise that I'll, surpasses all of this junk that I'm going through. Yeah. Yeah. Even though that person might be against me, I tell you what, you can be against me, but I know who's for me. Yeah. And you begin to see inside of yourself and realize this. This is something navigating your life that's bigger than you. Yeah. It's not just how smart you are and how much you can learn. Yeah. It's how much you can feel and experience and know the knower on the inside of you. Yeah. And the unlearned can get it. You don't have to be well versed in every scripture. You've got to learn to hear his voice and do what he tells you to do. You've got to be gullible and vulnerable like a child. And I'm hoping today I'm just giving you enough information for you to go, i got to have all of that. Yeah. Even though you can't explain it. And things around you are going crazy. And you're going, my God, I would have never picked that route. I would have never chose that. God, is there any other way this cup can pass for me? But I know the pain has to be like a woman giving birth to a child. It lasts for a moment. It might be a day. It might be a week. It might be months and sometimes even years. But there will be an end to that pain when you begin to hold on to the joy that the Spirit brings into your life. Yeah. Yeah. Next verse. And in that day, what day? The day the Spirit comes, the day I send the Comforter, you will be asking, you will ask me nothing, most assuredly. I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Why? I've been with you. You're asking me. Oh, God. Hear what I'm telling you tonight, today's people. He's with us. You've been, I've been with you, Peter, and you come to me. Can you heal my mother-in-law's mother fever? She's got a migraine. I can't do it. Will you do it, Jesus? He goes, now Jesus is saying, listen, when I go away, the comforter, the helper, the spirit, the power comes into you. When you have him, you have me. You don't have to come and ask me because you have me in you. I've been the middleman all this time. Now the middleman is going to be in you. So when you come to the Father, he already knows you're in me. So you don't have to say, in Jesus' name, as a tag. When you come to him, he knows you're in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. is a formula. I don't walk into the bank and withdraw money out of the bank and say, I'm in the name of Kevin. I don't. Why? Because I'm in me. I'm representing me. Right? They know me. They better know me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Watch this. Ask you receive that your joy, it's back to joy. The Spirit gives you joy. Anything you ask of the Father in my name, He'll do it. Why? Because everything the Father has has been given to Jesus. And everything that I have, Jesus says, I declare it to you. Why? So your joy will be full. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Next verse. These things I have spoken to you in, in figurative language, but the time is coming... When I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I shall pray to the Father for you. 
For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from, the, from God. I came from, forth from the Father and have come into the world again. I leave the world and I go to the... I have to go away. His disciples said to him, See, now you're speaking plain and using no figure of speech. Now we are sure to know all things and, and have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. Jesus answered, Do you now get it? Do, do you now? I'm sewing the whole thing up for you. I came from the Father to destroy that the works of the prince of this world will be judged. I came to judge him and destroy the works of the devil. That's why I came. I came to seek and save that which was lost. Not who was lost, that. What was lost? The authority to my people. I've been with you for three and a half years. I've walked this thing out. We have walked together, talked together. We've high-fived. We've cried together. We've loved together. We've laughed together. We've shouted together. We've slept in the same areas together. You've seen this thing inside out. And now it's time for me to go. And you're going to cry. You're going to mourn. You're going to grieve because I'm leaving. But what you don't understand, it's to your advantage that I go. If I don't go, he can't come to you. When he comes to you, he will convict the world of everything. What? Of the sin and that they're righteous. That the prince of this world has been judged. The spirit will tell them, you don't have to live this way any longer. Not only will the Spirit tell them they don't have to live this way any longer, the Spirit is going to begin to show you truth dwelling inside of you. He will show you things to come and testify of the things of me. You're going to be looking for me, but I'm not going to be there in the, in the physical. I'm going to be there in the Spirit inside of you. Are you following this? It all changes on that day. And when that day comes, everything's going to change. It's going to go from outside of everywhere to inside of you. And when, he, when you realize you have the helper, the comfort of the Spirit in you, everything the Father has is now yours. Why? Because you believed on me that was sent from God. And because you believed on me that was sent from God, anything you ask in my authority he will do anything I looked it up all anything it means anything if you come to him because there's no separation between us and you this is hard to swallow it is it's hard because we're looking to him when he's looking to you. And the more we make the shift from this religious Babylonian empire underneath the pressure of religious studies, theology that has got us all bound up in, in good works, the world decaying, pressure, one day, one day, one day, no. Today. Now we're looking for a day to come that came 2,000 years ago. Because it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, 
they were all in the upper room. And a sound from heaven came as if a rushing mighty wind that filled up the whole house. Tongues of fire. Amen. And the Bible says they all begin to speak in tongues and people that heard them in their own language. There's 150 different languages and all these different people that were trying to hear all this and going, my God, I can hear what he's saying. I understand what they're saying. And all this was going on. And it was a sign. And people thought they were drunk. And Peter stands up. Peter was the one here that was part of this conversation in John. And Peter stands up and says, these men are not drunk as you think it is because it's not the time of day. Now, if it was 12 at night, maybe there's a different story. But right here, in the afternoon, it's not. Here's what he said. These men are not drunk as you suppose. This is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel that said in the last days, I will pour out on my spirit on all flesh. Yeah. You sons and daughters will prophesy. The old men will see, the old men see visions and the young men will see dreams, I think it is. They have dreams. And he began to prophesy this and speak of Joel. And all of a sudden, Joel began to say, Joel became the life. I'm going to tell you this and profess this to you. The church of 2023 is going to be different. You're going to be different. The remnant of the people, of the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones in today's times, while the world is shaking on its foundation and wars are all around us and we're going to end up being in it, while it's gone crazy, there is a church, there is a people, and you are that people. You are a part of that people. Right? That is not looking for something to happen. That you're going to go from a frame of reference of something that already happened. And you're going to bring 2,000 years forward into your life today. And you're going to be living by a current present day truth that happened 2,000 years ago. And you're going to begin to see that this power that is for the, to come is not when he comes back. It is when he came back the last time. Yeah. And the spirit came and deposited in the people and God's people begin to rise. It is not a Pentecostal thing. It's not a Baptist thing. It's not a Pentecostal thing. It's not a charismatic thing. It's not a Methodist thing. It is a Christian godly thing to do of anybody that's a believer thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not a matter of tongues. and all, It's not all of that. It is, I'm telling you what it is. It's when you begin to believe... Yeah. Yeah. That when you go to bed tonight, you're sleeping, but he's not slumbering. But he's not just looking over your life. He's in your life. He's in your veins. He's in your heart. He's in your lungs. He's the breath that you take. He's the walk that you take. He's, he's the smile that you make. Are you following what I'm saying today? It is not outside of you. It's inside of you. This thing is becoming alive. Would you all stand with me?
Be lifted high